Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Welcome to Life as an Observer podcast. Today, I'm really excited to talk to you about yoga, something that has changed my life uh, forever and completely, something that I didn't know was going to change my life. I kind of just started doing yoga secretly to get more flexible so I could be a better acrobat. And I never really intended it to be something that would change me spiritually, emotionally, and that would actually take me into places of a new career. I want to tell you a little bit about my yoga story in this episode, but I really want to focus on the 10 things that are going to change in your life If you do 30 days worth of yoga, so how will your life change? 10 ways that it'll change in 30 days of yoga. Thanks for joining Life as Observer today. I'm super excited to talk to you today about yoga. Uh, There's lots of topics that we cover on this podcast and Sometimes there are interviews with authors and uh, artists, and some days we just kind of go deep into meditations. And regardless of why you're here, what content you like, I would love to hear from you. Uh, the best way to do that is through your reviews on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this, uh, Podbean. By leaving your comments and your reviews, it not only helps the show, but it also helps me be able to produce content that I know that you like. Otherwise, I'm just looking at the analytics and making decisions based on that. So I would love to hear from you, even if it's just giving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to be able to get the kind of guests that you're wanting and have the kind of conversation that you'd like to hear from. So thank you for those who are contributing um, and those who have joined uh, my patron account on Podbean. Uh, It's been really wonderful and to create this content for you. So let's get right into today. How 30-day yoga practice can change your life in 10 different ways. Well, I think we got to start first with talking about a little bit of yoga history and talking about my yoga history before we can even talk about benefits. BKS Iyengar, one of the founding fathers of yoga, really, at least in the, the this modern time, said that yoga is a light Once lit, will never dim. The better your practice, the brighter your flame. Now, I don't know that uh, BKS Iyengar, when he said better practice, I don't know that he meant like stronger or more flexible. I really think that what he was trying to say here is the more that you're in tune with your practice, the brighter your flame will be. I see a lot of people who take a practice very lightly and they just sort of do it going through the motions and being there, but not really actually going deep into practice, which could be meditation, it could be running, it could be walking, it could be yoga. 
Practice is really anything that takes you deeper within self, going past the physical self and into the non-physical. It is talked about a lot um, in the Yoga Sutras, and you're going to hear me say that a lot today, about yoga history and how even in the Yoga Sutras, it didn't talk a whole lot about the physical asana or the posture. It was more talking about how do we go deep within our practice through compassion, through love, through meditation. There's only one sutra, one aphorism in the Yoga Sutras, which is kind of the Yoga Bible, that has to do with posture. And I mean, there's 50 or more that talk about meditation and talk about going inward. Out of 195 sutras, only one of them talks about let's do posture. So as we talk about bettering our practice and brightening our flame, maybe think about some of the non-physical elements that I'm going to mention today in our 10, 10 ways that your life will be improved by a 30-day yoga practice. So small yoga history. Yoga has been around, we don't know how long, maybe 5,000 to 10,000 years, maybe even more. Maybe it came from beyond. But the first documented history it shows up in the Upanishads, the Vedas, um, the Bhagavad Gita, um, and the Yoga Sutras. So the Yoga Sutras written by Patanjali, uh, Sri Patanjali. And Patanjali may have been a person or may have actually been a conglomerate of people, but essentially brought yoga into written form. Patanjali is known for improving or or introducing grammar, introducing Ayurveda, and introducing yoga, or the Yoga Sutras, that union. So Yoga Sutras are the union sutras, the union aphorisms, usually are considered to be the, the doctrine for yogis. And contained within are the eight limbs of yoga, which include uh, five yamas, five niyamas, so these um, restraints, and guidelines for how we should live our life. And the way I look at these eight limbs, I look at them like circles. So the, the first ones that are introduced are the outward circles, and we start to eventually take ourselves down to the center. So from yamas to niyamas, then we talk about asana shortly, posture, pranayama, the breath work, pratyahara, the self-discipline, and the practice, dhyana and dhyana, which are concentration and meditation, and then eventually samadhi, which really has no uh, English translation, but the closest thing that I can think of to samadhi would be like self-realization or nirvana or ascendment or enlightenment, something along those lines, even though that's not quite right. Um, essentially, that's what it talks about, and that's why we do a yoga practice. So... There's lots of reasons people do it. Maybe it's just because it feels good. I was reading a study by Johns Hopkins about the ways that yoga can affect your life. And they, they named some of the, the very typical external factors. Um, this came from an article in John, John Hopkins University health uh, page. But it's strength and flexibility and balance. That's kind of a given. That's the first thing that'll happen. Back pain relief, ease with arthritis, heart health, improved heart health. There is relaxation and sleep, which is maybe a little bit more internal. And uh, the sixth thing they mention is that there are you have brighter moods. Eh, interesting. Maybe even more energy. Stress reduction. 
development of community is number eight. And then nine is self-care. So I went through those really quickly because they're kind of topical. They're very like on the surface and true, but very much on the surface. So I want to go a little bit deeper into my 10 reasons that I do yoga <laughs> and maybe the reasons that you could find a, a, a yoga practice benefiting you if you just gave it 30 days and watch what happens. So number one for me, and they're not in an order of priority, but just the first one, is an improved immune system. So if you're writing these things down, this is number one for me, is the improved immune system. So those twists and turns, inversions, breath work, they all lead to a parasympathetic nervous system conditioning. So we're, we're moving into that stimulating the parasympathetic, which is really good for rest and digest mode. Um, to be able to kind of go inward and to heal the body. We need that parasympathetic nervous system response. If we're always in a fight or flight mode or our sympathetic nervous system, um, stress and, and the, the serotonin and all that really depletes the lymphatic system and depletes the immune system in a way where we can get sick more often. Not only that, but this lowering of the heart rate, the lowering of the respirations, moving into an alkaline state through breath work, lowers inflammation, which inflammation is related to so many health conditions within our lungs, within our mind, within our bodies. Number one, improved immune system. Just by taking part in some of the practices, breath work, inversions, if we get there, twists, and calming the body just through this meditative movement. Number two, improved focus. Now, of course, if I'm going to do research um, from different universities, I'm going to research some of the, the top universities who maybe even study this. So I went onto a, a Harvard Health page and I found what they said uh, regarding improved focus. So in this page, they said that yoga develops an inner awareness. It focuses your attention on your body's ability to be in the present moment. It helps develop breath and strength of the mind and body. This is from Harvard Health. And I loved that they, that they addressed that in a very non-physical way, that they addressed it to being in the present moment as though that is where things are created. That's where health is created. It's not created in your past. It's not created in your future. It's created now to benefit your unpredictable future. So we create these chemicals, these vibrations, these sensations in the body to where we are getting this improved focus that draws us into mindfulness, which is in the present moment. So that improved focus just really means being present. Yoga does that. It does that through your posture. As you're looking at your alignment, you're making sure you're moving safely through balance and through breath work you are going to be in the present and improve your focus. Number three. Now this is kind of going back to John Hopkins, how they had their nine, but really it is a great benefit. Yoga will bring strength. That is number three. Strength, body weight exercises that use all muscle groups and through different types of yoga, some of them will inspire you to find strength. Some of them will be a cardiovascular workout if you're doing a power or a vinyasa style yoga. Maybe you will work into strength in the ligaments and tendons in a yin class. 
Potentially, you'll strengthen your breath taking a kundalini yoga class. And there's so many types of yoga. We can go into another podcast about that. But finding what your practice is, and maybe it's several different types of yoga, will strengthen you physically, emotionally, mentally. Yoga does bring strength, balance, posture. And I think a lot of that also does have to do with just, like I said, the posture, because a lot of times our weakness or our lack of strength is in our physiology, how we stand, how we hold ourselves. By drawing awareness to alignment and stacking, we find more strength. I t- talk about this when I teach uh, acrobatics, is that our bones are stronger than our muscles. When we learn to stack and when we learn to move in a way that is conducive to our physiology and to finding proper alignment, we are stronger. Whereas when we're muscling through it, we tend to to not be quite as strong. All right, number four, anxiety relief. Well, I think this affects most of us, but the National Institute of Mental Health said that 30% of adults will battle anxiety disorder, some sort of anxiety disorder, 30%. And I think that that is a low number um, because I think all of us battle with an anxiety issue. Now, maybe not a disorder, whether it be through PTSD or panic attacks or social anxiety, feeling a certain way after a breakup, losing our job, feeling a little bit of a panic because of pandemic. There's so many reasons why we feel anxiety. Our body begins to produce norepinephrine, which makes our heart rate increase, makes our blood pressure rise. And norepinephrine really thrives on us being future-oriented thinkers. So thinking about what could happen next. We do this all the time. We have our planners. We have our phones that give us reminders. We have all these different things of stimuli that tell us to worry about the future. This is norepinephrine's best friend, which then takes anxiety by the hand and introduces you to it. So 30% of adults battle an anxiety disorder, but I think all of us have anxiety moments. Now, How does yoga help with this? Well, the anxiety relief has to do with those mindful moments we just talked about and improved focus. But those anxiety or those mindful moments on the mat help reduce anxiety because we're slowing down our heart rate and reducing the blood pressure. But we're also moving into a place where we can connect to intention. And sometimes those intentions are things that are built around our chakras. So we talk about I am safe. I'm comfortable, I'm okay, I'm enough. I'm okay right where I am, I'm just moving, this is just yoga, I'm just moving through postures. And we start to confirm that with intention and with affirmation in a way that reduces anxiety. Now the breath work helps slowing down the breath, breathing in through the nose, even if you're doing an ujjayi breath, but I like to use more of a box breathing um, when I'm working anxiety. But using that box breath or another breath with it that stimulates the, the parasympathetic and slows the heart rate um, will reduce that anxiety relief. And we, we talk about that a lot on this channel and on some of my other outlets, uh, how breath work is so important. So anxiety relief is probably, if I were to rank them, one of my top reasons why I do yoga. 
um, but it is an amazing, amazing thing to help combat PTSD, panic attacks, social anxiety, and other, um, and other things that plague our mind that bring us into future thinking. Now, number five, yoga may help you lose weight. And I, I say this very cautiously because it depends on what kind of yoga you're doing. Now, if you're doing power yoga or some sort of powerful hot yoga, I like to practice Buddhakan yoga, there is a calorie burning factor. And it, it is uh, going to happen. You're going to feel stronger because of your physiology. You're, you may lose weight because you're going to be working on different flows, salutations, movements. You're going to be doing yoga outside, inside. It becomes very addictive. I do yoga everywhere now. I don't, I don't I very rarely take pictures where I'm smiling, standing, posing for a picture. I'm usually like, oh, there's a camera. I need to do yoga or an acro yoga move. Um, I'm kind of like the how do I hold my hands? <laughs> like from the, the Will Ferrell movie, uh, Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. I just, I want to do a yoga pose. <laughs> so it, it can be addictive in a way, but in doing so, you're constantly moving and burning calories. It also reduces cortisol in the blood, which brings us into a rest and digest mode, which is really good for, for losing weight, getting into that rest and digest state. Um, rather than in a fight or flight state or panicky or eating, you know, um, emotionally. So uh, you may lose weight. Now, number six, one of my favorites, one of all of our favorites is better sleep. Now, this can help bring your body back into balance. Yoga certainly does that, especially by restoring like that circadian rhythm. Um, it may take a few days or a few opportunities. So if you're doing a 30-day yoga challenge for yourself, Give yourself a little bit of grace, but better sleep is bound to happen. We just tend to move ourselves, at least for me, I instead of watching television at night, I'll, I'll put on music and just get into a couple poses, which are restorative yoga or yin-based poses that are either helping me heal or helping me go deeper, but doing them very slowly and concentrating on breath, which again is calming my breath, calming my heart rate, producing chemicals of of um, to calm my body and um, which could be serotonin and some others to help me get there. But I'm also restoring that circadian rhythm, um, which kind of gets thrown off from the blue lights and on, on your phone and from your television and just stimuli in general by moving into a, a 30-day yoga practice, whether it be in the morning or night. So I would suggest morning, do a more active practice. In an evening, I would suggest maybe doing either one that really tires you out <laughs> or one that actually is designed for meditative movement and calming. This will help you get better sleep, which will make you feel inspired in the morning to move and to continue this 30-day challenge. Now, number seven is pain management. We hold pain in our bodies, and sometimes that's due to posture. We tense the muscles because we're not aligned. We hold a lot of pain in our bodies, emotional pain and physical pain. Yoga helps us work through those. Sometimes it's just a matter of processing, and sometimes it's a matter of actually finding the movements. I've worked with individuals who had hunched over, who had hunched over backs, and within uh, within just a few months of doing yoga, had actually grown taller 
because of their posture had changed. I don't know if you know anyone in your life whose posture is not the greatest and they have a hard time moving, not just walking, but bending over, standing up, going from squatted position to standing or maybe um, some other movements like touching toes. But it's really not about, many of us have seen this quote where it's not about touching your toes in yoga. It's about what you learn going down to touch your toes. And that's what we find through this pain management um, bullet point here is that number seven, pain management. We are going to learn a lot about our bodies. We're going to learn a lot about our posture and our physiology and our muscles in a way that connects us to that discomfort, which then in turn helps us heal. Moving to the root of the the issue rather than the symptom, which is at the edge. Now, (laughs) number eight is pretty much given. I think number eight and number nine kind of go hand in hand, but number eight reason to do yoga in your 30-day yoga practice challenge is flexibility. I think we all want flexibility. At At least I want some of it. For me, I really focus on mobility in my practice, but that really is kind of a it goes hand in hand with flexibility. We want to be able to to reach things, whether you're uh, a climber and you would want to have more shoulder mo- movement and, and flexibility or be able to do the splits, or maybe it's just simply being able to sit down in a squat. I talk about this in my yoga classes a lot, that we need to sit in a malasana squat or a prayer squat at least five minutes a day. It's just one of the most valuable poses for digestion and for posture and for hip flexibility, adductor movement. And then there's some mobility stuff you can do on top of that. But it is a very powerful, powerful posture. And we see kids doing it all the time. If you go to a sandbox anywhere, you're going to see kids sitting in Malasana and they don't even know they're doing it because it just feels good and it gets them down low to the ground. If I were to give you a challenge, I would say sit in Malasana, Look up this pose. Sometimes it's called Malasana. Sometimes it's called Garland Pose or Yogi Squad or Prayer Squad. It has lots of names. Sit in this pose as part of your 30-day yoga practice. Just five minutes. Maybe when you're watching television or when you're sitting with your kids. Give it a try and see what changes. Number nine reason, balance. A lot of the balance that we need and that we receive is not what you would think. In a previous episode, we talked to Jason Niemer and about acrobatics and movement with acroyoga. And he defined it really nicely. I'm paraphrasing Jason now, but that balance is not static. It's a dynamic movement that it is what moves here and what changes there is what is balance. A lot of that is found in our ankles, our knees, our ligaments, and our tendons. We have to make adjustments to balance. And this is in the physical sense. In the non-physical sense of balance, it is still dynamic. We don't know what's going to come at us in a day. We don't know what's going to change. We don't know what we're going to need to do. And so we have to compensate by making micro-movements to still stay on our path or still stay in our pose and not fall over. So maybe as you take that introspectively here, what are we balancing? What are we trying to balance here in our lives? Maybe it's that work-life balance or the family or balancing time between children or maybe it is personal self-development over work development or maybe it's relationship development. What are we balancing here? And are we being balanced or are we being too focused on a goal? 
Now, number 10. Number 10 reason to start a 30-day yoga practice. Number 10 reason is you will be happier. Bold statement, right? Your happiness resides within you. It's, you don't find it somewhere else. So yoga is not giving you happiness. Um, happiness is something you carry with you, not something you search for. But there is a heightened mood that comes from the endorphin rush from doing yoga, from the breath work, which is inspiring, the oxygen, the movement, the goal completion to seeing new poses, to the creativity, to the dopamine rush that comes to getting a new arm balance. All these chemicals create a happier you. There's lots of ways you can find this. Maybe it's just, hey, I can touch my toes now. Or maybe it's, I am working towards this handstand. Or I'm, It doesn't need to be massive goals. They can be just very small goals of yoga. Remember, yoga is the union of our body, mind, and soul connection. This yoking of things, harnessing it in a way that it becomes useful. So as you begin to find that yoga is useful in your life, and as you kind of go through these other areas of the benefits, the better sleep, the weight loss, the immune system, you begin to find that you're happier, maybe because you're not sick, <laughs> maybe because you have an improved focus. Remember, BKS Iyengar said that yoga is the light once lit will never dim. The better the stronger, the more consistent your practice, the brighter your flame. We all have this light, friends. We have this flame that burns within us to share, to improve, to adventure. We all have this flame. And once it's lit, it won't dim as long as you keep your awareness and attention towards it. Going to yoga one day will feel good but it's not gonna be the brightening of that flame. I challenge you to 30 days, everyday yoga, even if it's just sitting in garland pose, doing some meditation, breath work, and see if these 10 benefits begin to show up in your life. I would love to hear from you about how yoga is improving your life and how it's changing you, not just for physical ways, but in maybe in mental or more emotional needs. How does yoga show up for you in your life? What does your practice look like and feel like? Best way to do uh, to start a yoga practice is finding a local studio. If there is none near you, there's plenty of online teachers. I teach on a couple online mediums. Um, Insight Timer is one, there's teachers on YouTube. There's, they're all over the place. And I think with the age of quarantine, you're finding more and more resources online. But I would recommend going into your local studio. Mostly because there is a sense of community that is created around that. And also the one-on-one, -on -one, if you're not familiar with yoga, is, is quite important. The, the adjustments and the connection through breath. Or look into a retreat. Maybe that is your step one. Like I've never done yoga before or I've only done it once or twice. 
Look for a retreat that's near you. There may be a four-day or a three-day retreat which will start this practice for you. We have to start somewhere. And I think I had it uh, quoted to me or mentioned to me that, you know, you can do a 30-day challenge like I'm offering to you. And it may, it may change your life. Or you could go into an immersive situation, which is just three or four days, and, st- and get the same benefit of a 30-day yoga practice because you're immersed in it. That retreat is going to be all about the knowledge, about the breath work, about the movement, about the connection to nature. So it's up to you to see what you have available in your life. I think as borders begin to open again, as we can start to travel more, Retreat would be the option I would choose. If you're interested in retreats around you, message me. I'm interested to to do some traveling um, in the next coming year, and I plan on having some retreats um, probably near you, uh, definitely in North America, near where I'm at in in Utah, and I'm looking at being in Europe sometime um, in the winter. So if you're interested in something that look for more information on that on my uh, I mentioned it on my Instagram page which is Ryan Bean Yoga and uh, I mentioned workshops for breath work there and also yoga retreats thanks for joining today friends I really uh, am excited to talk more about yoga if this is content that you like reach out to me or put it in your reviews I look at all of those the reviews that you put on Apple podcasts um, and we do also have a patron page um, on Podbean. So you just go to patron.podbean uh, slash life as an observer if you want to be a part of the the patrons um, that support this page. I think you need to give it like a fun name, like call you like every all the patrons like a, a name, like <laughs> observers or the, the life of observer uh, patrons or something. I, I'll come up with something more creative, <laughs> but we need to maybe create something along those lines. Um, but there is extra content in there, swag, shirts, uh, and then also one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested, uh, it's uh, patron.podbean slash life as an observer, or you can find me at Ryan Bean Yoga on the social media sites. Good luck with your yoga practice. Take care, and I will see you next week.